We've given Arsenal a fair bit of stick since this show started. Too fragile, too inconsistent, too scattergun in the transfer market. But something strange is happening in the Premier League. Are Arsenal good? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. No doubt over whether my betting wingman Mark O'Hare is good. He's back with all the best insight and tips. Mark Arsenal have won four on the spin in the Premier League. They're arguably in pole position to qualify for the Champions League in that much coveted fourth spot. But where are they actually in their development right now? And how do you think they'll do against Leicester this Sunday? Uh, I think they'll do pretty well and I think they're pretty much in the league position that their performances deserve to be so far this season. Um, we're always kind of harking back to what happened in August and they had that terrible start with getting thrashed by Man City, beaten by Brentford on the opening night and things are a bit of a mess but slowly but surely things have started to turn in the right direction and they've been really consistent actually since, particularly against the teams you expect them to be you know, decent in. And um, you know, I did a bit of sort of prepping because I looked at the prices this weekend and Arsenal are, are a very short price to beat Leicester at home. And I understand many people will have sort of trust issues with backing Arsenal at those prices or or to overcome hefty handicaps. And that's completely understandable. But actually, if you drill down into the numbers, they, they absolutely deserve to be those prices because they've been the best and most consistent team outside of the big three, exclude the matches involving those three teams. They've won 15 times, drawn three, and lost just three games. At Emirates, it's nine wins and two draws. In terms of expected goals process, they have been the best team uh, in matches not involving the big three. Um, and I've said it previously on, on, on shows, Arsenal just have a great knack of turning up when they're odds on and expected to produce the goods. This season, 10 wins, two draws, zero defeats when priced up below even money. And actually, historically, at Emirates Stadium, their record um, since they last finished in the top four has been exceptionally strong in this kind of sample. So they've got a 77% win rate when priced up at odds on at Emirates since 2015-16. So the odds here give them a 65% chance of winning. And I think that's absolutely fair and justified because over the course of the whole season, Leicester's performances um, haven't warranted them to be any bigger. They, I've got them ranked 17th on expected points, 16th on expected goals ratio. They've got the second worst defence in the division in terms of XG against after Norwich. Uh, away from home, if you exclude the bottom six, they've lost six of eight without winning. Um, we said on Saturday's show as briefly that they were second best against Leeds last week. They allowed 19 shots in that game. Um, and, you know, even against Burnley, where they gave opportunities away despite winning. So I don't think their defensive crisis is resolved after back-to-back -back clean sheets. So this is a tough game for them. Uh, Jamie Vardy's missing as well. So, yeah, I do expect Arsenal to get a result here. But ultimately, I think, you know, we're led on price. And I think both teams to score... Uh, just shy of 1.8 is probably the best play to play here because Leicester have scored in 21 of 25 Premier League games. They've only failed to score away from home at Anfield. Um, and look, that they're a team who I think have got a top half attack, possibly a top six attack. They've got players playing themselves back into form. Harvey Barnes was instrumental again last week. Uh, James Madison's still there and thereabouts. Daka, you've got uh, Lookman and Ian Acho coming off the bench to cause problems as well. So both teams to score has actually banked in 10 of their 12 away Premier League games. And Arsenal themselves have only kept two clean sheets and eight at home to the top 11. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're in for a decent game, a watchable game, but I think Arsenal 
I just wanted to mention their price. I think they're justified and fair favourites at that price. But uh, in terms of a bet, I'd take both teams to score at around 1.8. It's a big price for a game involving Leicester, who we know defensively are atrocious, but have the firepower to cause problems against any team. Odds compiler and betting guru, the master of the sustainable edge, Mark Stinchcomb is here. Uh, Stinch, do Arsenal have what it takes to finish in the top four? Um, I'm not sure. I think if there's something happens to Lacazette, for example, is Eddie and Ketia going to do that job instead? Um, quite impressive Lacazette's link-up play last week. I think he got two assists and assists aren't the be-all and end-all, but you could just see that um, the way he's linking up with Odegaard and Martinelli and Saka was, was really, really good. Um, yeah, I just kind of worry if something happens to him whether they, they might struggle without that focal point and experience because, you know, the likes of Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, they're all young players. So I feel like, uh, you know, Lacazette is the, the captain, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I feel like his experience and leadership is, is useful. Um, his goals have dried up. Um, so I do feel as though they haven't kind of got someone they can regularly rely on. I mean, Smith Rowe has scored quite a few this season, but uh, his body doesn't seem to be quite up to the rigours of playing regular football at the moment. Um, hopefully that, that changes because he, he looks really good and I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, so yeah, I think there's uh, there's plenty there's enough question marks with, uh, you know, still 13 games to go. So I think there's enough question marks. So I wouldn't be backing Arsenal odds on for top four at the moment, at this moment in time. Well, the dashing data doctor himself, Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal, has the XG stethoscope ready and waiting. Jake Arsenal have been pretty strong at home, as Mark says. In fact, he put forward quite a compelling case in this one, didn't he? Yeah, it's really hard to argue with everything Mark said. Um, I've got pretty much similar notes in terms of all the underlying data. Um, just wanted to touch on. I like that he writes everything down to prove that he hasn't copied other people. He's always got his pad ready. I'm a notepad yeah. guy. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't work no, off, that's the, good. off the screens. Um, but yeah, that's everything Stinch said, um, I take on board as well from a, a, an overall top four perspective. But what they have, and you know, now what Tottenham have as well is that they don't have any other competitions to focus on. It is just solely Premier League matches, um, which ultimately will, in my book, anyway, puts Arsenal Spurs. One and two in terms of um, you know qualifying for for the top four in the Champions League, but if Arsenal are to do just that and do something they haven't done for a while, which is finishing the top four, they will be heavily reliant on their home form because it has been uh, nothing short of, of sensational this season. Only three teams have collected uh, more than two expected points per home game this season. Arsenal are one of them. The other two are Manchester City and Liverpool, um, and. Their only two defeats in their 13 home matches have come against Chelsea and Manchester City, two of the runaway top three. So they've won nine of those matches, um, basically beating most of the teams that are below them in the table. Um, And Leicester present another one of those teams where defensively they're just just shocking. Mark touched on it from a a general standpoint and the XG figures, as as, as he said, were uh, quite damning for Brendan Rodgers' side. The, The sort of downturn from last season to this has been nothing short of remarkable um, and they themselves come into this game having played uh, Thursday night against Wren in what's a really tough Europa Conference League match as well so we factor that in and Arsenal do look a very appealing uh, proposition different ways you can attack it really 
Um, both teams to score, I think, is a really good shout from Mark. Um, I'm going to go for this, the podcast staple. Arsenal to win under three and a half goals at six to five. It, they've, as I said, they've won nine of, of 13 home matches. Seven of those have come with under three and a half goals. Uh, and for me, I, would, I, I have this score line down as, as a 2-1 Arsenal win. I think it'll be quite an, a fairly open game, but I think Arsenal's added quality and an extra defensive security, which you know I think deserves lauding, to be fair, because... You know the last three, four seasons they've been laughable defensively, and 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 as you said, their transfer policy was scattergun. It's now been very concentrated, and that sort of back three, if you like, of Ramsdale, Ben White, and Gabriel looks really solid and settled. Um, Kieran Tierney's is probably better defending than he is going forward, um, and on the right hand side, if you you got Tommy Asu, who definitely is better defending than he is going forward, or or Cedric. So. All in all, they're looking a very, very accomplished outfit. Um, a team that knows everyone knows their roles. The only doubt, doubt for top four is what Stinch said, which is a lack of squad depth um, that could come back to haunt them if, if they do start picking up a few injuries. But you know, you touch wood on on, on that from for, for Arsenal fans because the fact that they are only playing Premier League matches should help reduce the potential for little uh, knocks here and there. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, I think, will get the better of Leicester on Sunday. Now, we don't know how it went on Thursday when West Ham faced Sevilla in the Europa League. They take on Aston Villa uh, on Sunday, or Aston Villa, uh, as you might know them. Uh, Mark, um, Villa seemed quite a hard side to predict. Very, very good last weekend, but sometimes not very good. Steven Gerrard hasn't quite got the consistency he would wish so far. No, he hasn't. Um, but I think there are signs that he's starting to find a system that might suit his players. Uh, in the last couple of matches, he switched to to actually feeling more of a front two in terms of Watkins and Ings alongside each other and giving Coutinho a bit of more license to kind of roam in from the left. And it seems to have done the trick because they've started putting away chances and also creating opportunities as well. But um, yeah, I mean, with Aston Villa, I personally still have a bit of trust issues with their defence. Uh, I still think they're they're pretty vulnerable and pretty fragile to to certain teams and I think this is an interesting game against West Ham um, on Sunday but, you know, both teams as you say involved on Thursday night uh, West Ham with a tough game against Sevilla but uh, Jared Bowen's fitness would be key if I wanted to be pro Hammers in this uh, I know he was injured last week it seems like a major doubt even if the, the news was quite positive this week about that injury he's been so influential in recent weeks and I think we've seen I, I did some sort of drilling into West Ham uh, just to see what's going on last the last eight games and actually they're their XG output in terms of you know for and against has dipped quite dramatically in the last eight games, and you can see that in the actual outcome of goals too. They've they've dipped quite 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 significantly really. So over the course of the campaign, West Ham have seemed like quite a, an open, expansive team, but I don't think that's been the case more recently. And I wonder whether that's something David Moyes has tried to do um, on purpose to try and make them a bit more sort of solid and, and tight because things aren't clicking in the final third. A lot of emphasis there on Mikel Antonio to to score the goals, whereas um, especially now that, that the Boeing could be missing too. So a tricky game. I think when I first looked at it, I thought the over two and a half goals line was was uh, was fair, but actually overs was the, the underdog, which was quite surprising really. But I think the more I looked into it, the more I can probably pick a few holes in that too. So uh, I was quite happy to leave that one alone. I think it's a tricky weekend in the Premier League personally. Now, things are very uncertain for Chelsea at the moment after club owner Roman Abramovich was sanctioned by the UK government and had his assets frozen. We don't know how they got on at Norwich on Thursday, but Jake, they do face a resurgent Newcastle this weekend. 
They do, yeah, and it's got the potential to be a very sort of banana skin kind of game for Chelsea. You know, all the off-field stuff that's been talked about, we don't know how that will impact players on the field. I mean, we, we we certainly know that it might make their lives a little bit more difficult with restrictions being put on the amount of money they can spend when travelling, visiting games, for example. Um, but this game in particular... They'll be on the, the megabus before you know it. That's right, yeah, £5 tickets, let's go. Um, but yeah, particularly for the midweek game against Lille, I mean, that, that's a real conundrum now. That they probably will have to just take the take a coach and do it all in one, all in one trip, maybe. Um, but, it, you know, the, the, the key thing for me in this game is one player, um, and that's Rhys James. So there was news yesterday that he suffered a, a, an injury setback. Um, and I think it's kind of got on the radar how important he's been to Chelsea. Just purely from a, a, an attacking standpoint, he is effectively there, Trent Alexander-Arnold. When he plays, quite a lot of the chances that are created come through him because he obviously plays as a back three, he plays as a wing back, so he's higher up the pitch in general. He's a player that holds the width. Um, he's obviously got a decent scoring record as well this season. So I did a little digging, dig and um, from Boxing Day, which is round about where Rhys James um, first got injured, uh, Average Chelsea's average expected goals for per game at 1.26. And before Boxing Day, when Rhys James was playing regularly um, from to the start of the season, it was around 2.06 expected goals for per game. So it's seen a drop-off of around 0.8. Now, obviously, we can't contribute all of that to Rhys James. Um, but I think this definitely has had a hand in sort of that kind of, uh, of drop-off that we've seen. And, and you mentioned Newcastle. They're on an excellent run. Um, unbeaten in eight, they've collected the sixth most expected points per game in that uh, in that sort of span as well, which kind of highlights that the results haven't been massively fluky. They've been fully deserved to some extent. Um, and their average of 1.65 expected goals for and 1.21 expected goals against per game is massive improvement on what we saw um, prior under Steve Bruce. It's a difficult game for Chelsea, I think, especially with their home record. They've only won six of 12 home games this season. Um, so for me, I was looking at trying to get Newcastle onside in some way. Uh, and, and a plus 1.5 on the Asian handicap at 1.91 definitely appealed to me. Uh, it, the only way it loses is if... <laughs> you put me off there, Kev. You having a giggle? Uh, no, you carry on. You carry on, Jake. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, yeah, Newcastle plus one on the Asian uh, plus one and a half on the Asian handicap at one point nine one. So the, the only way this bet loses is if Newcastle get beat by two clear goals, um, and if they get beaten by one clear goal, we we get ourselves a winner. So I think Newcastle can be competitive at Stamford Bridge. Uh, just in case anybody complains to Ofcom, uh, Jake did say digging by the way, earlier on. Uh, now, we know how frustrating it is when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds over-under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty, right? I'm going to get things together now. Stinch has clearly got excited by the arrival of Jesse Marsh at Leeds United because he's taking us to the US. Yeah, it's the third week of the new MLS season and, yep, Another league that I, I bet and I follow. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's normally quite exciting because the way the, the league has, has gone over the past, probably the past 
best part of a decade is everyone just tries to get as many good attackers as possible and forgets about defence. So yeah, lots of high... Yay! <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Essentially, yeah. It's like basketball, basically. You know, they need to make it interesting for the, the viewers, right? Because they're so used to like basketball and NFL where you get lots of different scoring opportunities, whereas soccer is a low-scoring game. So yeah, it's normally quite exciting because of the, the big differences in, in strengths of, of attack versus defences. Um, but another sort of like nuance is um, new teams that enter the league because there's no real proper promotion or relegation. So they have what they call a new sort of expansion team. And that's what I'm focusing on this weekend. So Sunday night, uh, Atlanta United uh, host Charlotte. And Charlotte are the, the new expansion team. Atlanta are 4-7. to seven, The draw is 3-1. to one, And Charlotte are 15-4. to four. Um, This Charlotte team, I'd say a new, new team to the, to the league, their squad is way out of its depth, to be honest. It, it's kind of summed up really well by the fact their captain is 35-year-old Christian Fuchs, who we remember. Wow. Yeah, we remember from uh, Leicester. That's, that's from and, yeah, and, of, and more really the Bundesliga, I would say, rather than Leicester. I mean, he was a veteran at Leicester. So, uh, yeah, 35 years old captain in Charlotte. In, um, you know, the American conditions aren't the easiest as well. So, um, I mean, they played two games so far, lost 3-0 away and 1-0 at home. And I expect that trend to continue of losing games, particularly on the road. Uh, in America, home advantage is much greater than you'd find in Europe in, because of the, the distances teams have to travel, the different time zones, um, the different environment in terms of temperature, humidity, altitude. So, yeah, home advantage is, is huge in, uh, in America in, in soccer. Um, and kind of to compare Charlotte to another sort of recent expansion team would be uh, Cincinnati. They joined in uh, 2019. I think they're quite a good comparison to what I'm envisaging is going to happen to Charlotte. So they've had 48 away games since they joined the MLS, and they've lost 33 of them by an aggregate score of 44 to 116. Wow. So, yeah, you can see what I mean with like, like lots of goals. So basically, you know, like, but a uh, team to win and both teams to score is is never a bad bet to take if you're betting on a team to win um, as a template. Um, and Atlanta have won eight of their last 11 at home. And they're a very, very good MLS team because they take advantage of the South American market, who are much better value, I would say, than the um, the sort of big players that um, are going over to the MLS. You know, we've seen likes of this transfer window, Shakiri, uh, Douglas Costa. In the MLS, you're only allowed three what they call uh, designated players, uh, guys that are on like big wage bills. So the, uh, Atlanta make good use of the South American market where these players aren't yet established. So they they do command these massive wages. So basically, they're able they're, they're able to build better squads, I would say. Um, and the best example is Joseph Martinez, who's got a whopping 94 goals in just 120 games for Atlanta. Um, no prices, goal scorer prices available, but couldn't put anyone off back in. Him just be scoring multiple goals there. Um, you know, if you can get two plus, it may be like seven to two, four to one. That could be like a good alternative angle as well. Um, so yeah, I said Atlanta are four to seven, but when they played Cincinnati, for example, they were two to five. And then that was in September. The MLS finished in um, end of October, beginning of November. Um, but since they played Cincinnati in September, they were four to nine at home to Inter Miami twice, and one to three at home to Toronto. So this four to seven, I think, is just is too big. Um, DC United were four to six when they beat Charlotte three 0 But again, I think that just goes to show the market's done a 
poor job at rating this Charlotte team. So yeah, I'm looking at siding with Atlanta. I'm just going to go for Atlanta to win an over 1.5 goals at 17 to 20. But as I said, you could probably take Atlanta on the handicap or maybe Atlanta to win and both teams to score. My only concern with, with the latter, despite the fact that I talked up as a good template bet, is yeah, Charlotte haven't scored in both games so far. And I said their squad doesn't look great and I think because it's a new a new completely new squad in a way then just not used to playing with each other so yeah just focus on the home team would be my way to go back to Europe then and a Dutch clash for you Mark yeah basically uh, two of the most informed teams in the area of VC on Sunday night uh, RZ Alkmaar and FC Twente um, RZ uh, as they tend to do lose a lot of their key players during the summer and they tend to start slowly on the back of that and they lost four of their first five this season but since then they've been Pretty excep- exceptional, actually. Um, 16 wins, three draws, just the two defeats across their last 21. In their last 12, they're unbeaten. They've won 11 of those. They haven't actually lost since November's international break. Uh, and during that streak, they've turned over Ajax in Amsterdam. They've turned over PSV in Eindhoven. And they've also beaten Feyenoord as well. So they're going great guns. And they've done it all despite keeping just four clean sheets in the league this season. Uh, two, Only two of their 16 wins have been to nil. So they've done it the hard way with an attack that's firing and scoring goals, averaging 1.82 expected goals. Uh, But their lack of clean sheets has meant an abundance of both teams to score winners. Uh, 68% of their games have featured BTTS, including 8 of 12 in Alkmaar. Um, They're averaging two goals per game. They've scored multiple goals in 16 games already this season. They have got a distraction of playing in Europe on Thursday night against Bodo Glimt in what should be a bit of a a thriller, uh, two teams who like to attack. But yeah, they're playing an FSA 20 team who have been in fine form themselves actually since November, just one defeat in 14. That was away at Ajax. They've scored themselves in 22 of 25 league games this season. So, you know, tie that in alongside RZ's uh, leaky rear guard and also the, the fact that they will be fatigued after Thursday night. And I absolutely expect Twente to get on the score sheet here. But defensively too, they are a bit of a a bit shaky themselves, very fragile, particularly away from home, giving up 1.74 expected goals uh, and countless goals themselves. So, yeah, ours had fair favourites to, to win this match. They're going great guns, but I don't expect them to keep 20 out. So both teams to score, trading at 1.9, which is uh, quite a lofty price for two attack-minded teams in the Eredivisie. So that would be my selection. I'd always think that's quite a chunky BTTS price in the Eredivisie full stop in that league. But that seems uh, very attractive indeed. Finally, Jake has picked out Betis against Athletic Club. Now, Betis through to the Copa del Rey final recently. They've played a lot of matches. And it does look, Jake, as though it's having a bit of an effect because they looked a bit tired, I thought, against Eintracht Frankfurt on Thursday. They did, yes. Um, And that should lead to a more open game because we know Betis are a very attack-minded team. Um, if, they, if they do what we're saying in terms of looking like they're out of steam, um, running a little bit low on energy, then Bilbao could be a, a really prop, a good team to take advantage because they themselves have shown a real attacking intent over the last um, seven or eight matches. Uh, overall, Betis have been really good to follow for goals this season. I think it's something that Emmett talked about a few weeks back. Uh, they've averaged 3.11 goals per game across the league of games um, and 3.09 expected goals across that, uh, that span. So, Pretty much in line with what, what we'd expect in terms of goals going in. Um, 59% of the contests this season have gone over two and a half goals. Um, and Bill Bauer, they've been really interesting from a, a data standpoint because over their away matches this season in La Liga have averaged just 1.57 goals per away game, which is extremely low. 
Um, but so that's the Marcelino effect, isn't it? Well, like, he, he like drills them to within an inch of their lives, <laughs> make sure they're all in the right place at every single millisecond. You'd think so, but I, you know, looking at the XG figures. Um, based on the expected goals in their matches, we would have expected to see almost double the amount of goals in away matches. So their, their XG uh, average per away match is 2.83. So, you know, the, the, the Marcelino drilling is probably, um, you know, a little bit overblown there because it's probably to do with a lack of clinical finishing or some exceptional goalkeeping in certain matches as to why their away games haven't seen uh, more goals. And, and that, to be honest, is, is just sort of like at the, the tip of the iceberg because recently in the last 10 La Liga matches, eight of their games have seen over two and a half goals. So we are starting to see that goal trend increase uh, slightly. And I think that the, a, an away game against Real Betis is a real opportunity to see um, quite an entertaining high scoring match between two teams that still have aspirations of finishing in Europe, uh, top four or top six. They're only, I think Bill Bauer, six or seven points off top four. They're only six points behind Betis who are fifth. So it's quite a big game in terms of the European picture. Um, so over two and a half goals just looks a little bit too big at 2.05 on the exchange. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Cheltenham Festival next week. All of the best coverage on betting.betfair.com, including exclusive insight from legendary trainer Paul Nichols. From Jake, from Mark, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.